Welcome to all of you, and welcome to all who are listening on Torani Time and other platforms. On the logistical front, if you could please press the follow button to receive updates about our shiurim, and if you could please share the sh- video share with at least two other people to participate in our Batsasatara. Can religion be inhumane? This question has a whole added dimension of tension given the present tragedy, the tragedy which our nation experienced. Two-legged brutes, animals, violated women, burnt children alive, killed in cold blood, all in the name of religion. And how could it be that religious faith, Amuna, which for us is elevating, which for us inspires everything ennobling, love, goodness. On the other hand, for these people, brings to the fore something very, very different. Well, I think the key is to really consider the source of each respective belief system. Who is their deity? And let's differentiate between God and Hashem. And I repeat, let us differentiate between God and Hashem. God is a generic phrase. God can become anything. Anything we attribute to the figment of our mind, to the Almighty who we choose to embrace in our consciousness, that becomes God. So perverse people with a very sick vision of life and a very sick vision of what the ultimate reality, the Almighty, is, will have a notion of God perverse, antithetical to everything Hashem is, antithetical to a being of ultimate Ava, as in fact we know him to be. And with this in mind, a teaching of my revered Rebbe of Nachum Lansky, the great Mekobol, is apt here. Rav Nachum explained that one should not believe that the terrorists have any sort of schus, have any sort sort of merit due to their supposed faith, due to their supposed willingness to engage in self-sacrifice. Because explained to Rav Nachum, they are not worshipping Hashem. God is whomever I envision it to be, him to be. You make God for yourself, so to speak. And if your vision of him is something which inspires such behavior, that is not Hashem anymore. You have corrupted. You have adulterated. In Rav Nachum's words, such people are worshiping Satan, some sort of sitra akra of their own delusion. There is no worship of Hashem at all. They have no merit. They are the furthest thing from it. Well, this entire issue of how you envision the Almighty, differentiating God from Hashem, 
is also relevant to the protagonist of our Parshios, this group of Parshios, Lech Lecha Vayer and that is Avram Avinu. Because Kabbalah teaches that Avram Avinu's trait of chesed is really based on his deep appreciation of Hashem's chesed. It is Avram who links to the svira of chesed, the attribute of divine mercy, which means to say as follows. The trade of loving kindness for which Avram is so famed and celebrated for in this week's parsha is based on how he envisions Hashem. It is because Avram conceives of a God who's consummately loving, who created for no other reason than love, than a will to bestow good, and moreover, a will to share of himself in intimate relationship with his creatures. It is that idea of Hashem which in terms of inspires Avram to be loving himself, because love is the highest conception of truth, the divine in Avram's mind, and hence that is what he aspires to be himself. That from this perspective, Avram's attribute of Hikiras Boru, the, the discoverer of monotheism, and Avram's attribute of Chesed are one of the same. It is because he discovers a God of loving kindness that in turn he celebrates Chesed as the ultimate virtue. This understanding of Avram's conception of Hashem is so stark, so stark starkly in contrast with the pagans amongst who Avram was reared. We know that the pagans believed in cruel, tyrannical gods, dictators on steroids, their projections of cruel human overlords on steroids, who are here to subject their underlings. And in their mind, you sacrifice to pay off the God. The God is in it for himself. You want a terrain, you need to offer a tribute to the God of rain. You want your wife to give birth fruitfully, you need to pay a tribute to the goddess of fertility, and so on and so forth. Comes Avram into the fray with a very different conception of God and everything he is. So Avram's epiphany is not simply the existence of an almighty, one God as opposed to many but an entire notion of who the Almighty is. A new epiphany of a God of love. This sheds light on the opening narrative regarding Avram Avinu and last week's Parsha. When Avram is told, Lech Lecha, he is told to do something very difficult, to travel, to move on from his past, to say goodbye to his family, never to see them again. To say goodbye to his birthplace, to his friends of the past. This is certainly very difficult. And Hashem tells him, tells him Lech, go, lecha, for yourself. Do this for yourself. It's the best thing for you. As Rashi monikers it, lehanoscha letovascha. It is the best thing for you to do. By doing this, you will merit children. You will merit fame. You will merit wealth, as the Pesachim continue to tell us. Why is it that Hashem is as though incentivizing Avram to be willing to engage in this journey, in this break from his past, by telling him, this will be good for you? Does Avram really need the incentive? This is Avram Avinu, after all. 
on Avram Avinu, who had already showed his commitment, midrashically speaking, in his willingness to jump into a Kibshana fiery furnace in devotion to the divine. Do you think Avram really needed some sort of motivational carrot? to follow in the ways of Hashem, it's almost a meaning to Avram to take an altruistic act on his part and to reduce it to lech lecha, lanoscho tovascha. This is for you, Avram. That can't be the understanding. Rather, I suggest the understanding is as follows. Avram's entire discovery of Hashem is a Hashem who, so to speak, in it for us, a God of loving kindness, a God who doesn't ask us to do anything for himself. Quite the contrary. He only asks us to do things for ourselves. To ever believe Hashem is calling upon us to do something difficult for any reason but our own self-advancement would be anathema to all of Avram's teachings. So says, Avram, says Hashem to Avram, Lech lecha. Yes, I am calling upon you to do something difficult. But you must realize it is for you. This is a display of everything you believe in. A God who's consummately loving, even difficult things he asks you to do must be in your own interest, must be in love. Whether you appreciate it now, you will certainly come to see this by the end of the story. That is critical. That is essential to what Avram's entire theological construct, to his entire conception of who Hashem is. It must be Lech Lecha. And I suggest all the subsequent Nisyonos, all the subsequent tests of Avram's life, we are taught that overall the R10 are infused with this spirit of Lech Lecha. It might seem difficult, but it is not martyrdom. It is not self-sacrifice. You're not giving up on yourself. As I wrote in a recent article, widely published in the Jewish media, we don't believe in self-sacrifice. We believe in self-advancement. We believe in doing things which are self-affirming. Difficult things, which Hashem calls upon us to do. But difficult things which will ultimately give us growth, give us fulfillment, give us meaning. Never the opposite. Ever, ever, ever. And this is why Nisyonos, tests, are also part of Avram's legacy. It is Avram who teaches us what a true Nisayin is. A true test is Lech Lecha. Enduring something difficult, not as God's suffering servant, oh no, but enduring something difficult in an act of holistic growth, in becoming yourself, in a lech which is lecha, which is affirming yourself. And this comes to a crescendo, to a climax in the final Nisayin of Avram. What is, according to many Mepharshim commentators, the tenth test of Avram, and arguably the most intense, and that is the Akeda at the end of this week's Parsha, when he's told to sacrifice his son. I suggest that Avram's Nisayan was not simply to do it, was not simply to do the seeming, seeming impossible and give up your own son. That's not it. Avram was doing something much greater than that. Avram was doing it with a sense, not of martyrdom, but of love and self-affirmation. If Hashem is telling me to do this, this must not be a burden. This must be something beautiful, which is making my life better. We, of course, know in the end of the story that's exactly the case. He doesn't lose his son at all by listening to Hashem. His son 
becomes to the contrary sanctified, a more viable and spiritually elevated being when his son Yitzchak becomes a cardinal. But at the time, it seemed impossible. It seemed incomprehensible. This is Hashem. This is the loving God who I've embraced, who's telling me to do the, something seemingly so unloving, what seems to be slaying of my own child, which seems to be discarding with my entire future, my progeny, everything, everything upon which my dream of the chosen people, founding the chosen people, rests upon. But Avram is the great knight of faith, has faith not only in the existence of the Almighty, but in the existence of an Almighty of loving kindness, even when it seems difficult to believe so. This perspective, this understanding of Avram's faith in Hashem, a God of loving kindness, trumpets magnificently through the text when we listen carefully to, to one of the opening psukim of the Akedah in our parasha. Hashem says, Kachnas, Binchas, Yechitchas, Yitzchak, take your beloved son Yitzchak, Velech Lecha El Eretz and go for yourself to the land of Moriah. Here we have that term Lech Lecha, reappearing for the only other time in Chumash. It is a second phrase of Lech Lecha, go for yourself to the land of Moriah, here in the Akedah story. It is another reference to Lech Lecha, which can so easily slide below the radar, the radar of our attention. But when we see it, we notice and notice it. It resounds with meaning. Here in the Akedah, Hashem is once again telling him Lech Lecha and drawing upon all subsequent all, all previous, all prior Lech Lecha experiences of Avram, all his previous tests, beginning with the first test of leaving his home, when Hashem said, you're going to see, it's for you, it's for you, you're not a martyr. Anything I'm calling upon you to do is in your own interest. I wouldn't call on anything else because I love you. Sometimes we see it in this lifetime, sometimes we don't, but it is always Lech, it is always Lecha. The Lech is always Lecha. And that is exactly what Avram comes to see in the end of the story. I was delighted by this find, Lech Lecha in the Akedah story. And then I noticed that it is already noted in Medrash Rabbah. Says the Medrash, there are two Lech Lechas. Not only Lech Lecha in the opening narrative of leaving his home, his birthplace, but Lech Lecha in the Akedah. And says the Medrash, the second Lech Lecha is greater than the first. I think what the Medrash is saying is, the notion of Lech Lecha, that when Hashem calls upon us to do something difficult, something which seems like self-sacrifice, it is not self-sacrifice at all. That's difficult enough when it's leaving your home for an anticipated good of trailblazing your own destiny, the Eschelagai Gadol, and so forth. But in a circumstance like the Akedah, when it seems impossible, when it totally boggles the mind how this can be good, how this can be loving, but nonetheless, Avram believes believes in it, doesn't simply do what Hashem asks, but embraces it as something beautiful, though he doesn't yet know how it could be beautiful. That is the ultimate Lech Lecha. That is the Lech Lecha Sheni, which is Tovim in Harishona, the second Lech Lecha, which is even greater than the first. Well, the meaning of all of this in our individual lives is self-evident. We all are called upon to do great things. Our lives, the vicissitudes of our lives, there seems to be a lot of struggle. But we must know as Maminim, not simply that there is a God running the show, but there is a loving Hashem 
And everything he's doing is for our own interests. Lech lecha. Hopefully we will see it in our lifetimes, but we will definitely see it in some subsequent stage of consciousness, Olam Haba and beyond. And therefore we embrace what is ever thrown our way, and we seek to thrive, not merely survive. No God-suffering servant, no martyrdom mentality, we are not sacrificing. We are self-affirming. And if anyone's brand of Yiddishkeit seems to be Nebuchadnezzar, you feel like a Nebuchadnezzar, you feel lowly, no, it is not the real thing. That is not believing in Hashem. It might be believing in some God of your, the figment of your imagination. But Hashem is loving. Hashem is a God of Lech Lecha. And with this, we, can, we are empowered. We are ennobled in our journey through life to face down everything which comes from the elevated position of engaging with a loving God. And this is the legacy of Avram. This is the true meaning of believing in Hashem as opposed to simply 